And we're back. About damn time. Really? Seriously? Yeah, I think the drugs are kicking in. It's probably good because I'm topless. That's what all podcasts need. God, we are. Bad Philosophy, episode 98, recorded on August 16th, 2011. Hello, everyone. Welcome yeah. in. One, two, bad philosophy. Upsetting the balance of reality one rabbit trail, ginger snap cookie, and PBR at a time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am thrilled, like absolutely thrilled, to announce that we are back with two classic bad philosophers. Uh, pretty much the originals right here. Um, Kevin Saunders, uh, you are you are here uh, as we have we have known uh, in Austin. I have a mouthful of cookie. He does have a mouthful of cookie <laughs> right now. Um, but uh, so funny story. Uh, we we I, I had emailed uh, Mr. Eric Butlick, who uh, if you you might recall is also so. here. <laughs> oh, God, Kevin, you spoil it. Uh, but it's the story. It's the lead up. You got to have the. The, the story's good too. But... The story's good too. So I'd emailed uh, Mr. Eric Butlick uh, about coming on the show and. Uh, I, I was like, "Hey, do you think you, you, you know we're doing this thing with this lead up to the hundredth uh, episode? And uh, could you make it on one of them?" He was like, "Yeah, sure, definitely." And I was like, "All right, well, what's your Skype name? All oh, this, all right. Well, mm-hmm. we're going to record around this time." So you know, we get into my apartment here, Kevin and I. I get you know all the audio cables out. I'm like scrambling to get everything set up and make sure Skype's okay, and we, we get you know just the audio just perfect, and then. Uh, Eric, uh, you know, we call him on Skype and, uh, and we're like, you know, kind of chatting. Like, hey, all right, it's working. Woohoo. You know, we can see, we can hear you all this. Yay, this is awesome. And uh, I think Kevin, you asked, uh, you know, so where are you at nowadays? And uh, Eric was like, oh, yeah, my apartment in Austin. <laughs> and I was like, what? In Austin? We're in Austin. Where in Austin? <laughs> and he was like, and he says 183 in Mopac. And I'm like, we're literally <laughs> right there. And <laughs> so Eric, I was like, hey, I'm baking cookies and we have beers. Come on over. And Eric was like, okay. And then literally 10 minutes later, there's a knock on the door and there's Eric Felix. So it was, I feel a little bit silly now for not asking in advance <laughs> yeah. where exactly Eric was or what he'd been up to and being such a horrible friend that I didn't know these things in advance. Hey, the fault was um, my side as well. I, yeah, I guess so. It was, it was great, though, because it gave us this wonderful moment of, of instant gratification of just being like, hey, we should all get together and do a bad philosophy. Yeah, that's right. I'll bike around over. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. Uh, drinking Pabst Blue Ribbon, uh, not ironically. Nope, uh, it's because just, it's cheap. It's just cheap. So uh, We also have ginger snap, freshly baked ginger snap cookies that are delicious and sitting very nicely in my stomach. Disappearing very quickly. <laughs> they are vanishing ginger snap cookies um, next to the pizza in my stomach, mm. which uh, may or may not come up at some point in the evening. Uh, pizza and beer, you know, philosophy. This is, well, I feel... Well, this is going to be a gross story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Okay, go for it. Uh, I was at a party once. No beer involved in this at all, which is just says more about me than anything else. <laughs> it was a birthday party. Okay. And we'd had pizza and we'd had a cake. And um, one of my friends, who shall remain nameless because... Was it Stephen? No, it wasn't. This was, this was back <laughs> in high school. No, um, no, it was not Stephen. <laughs> what was his name? Uh, Chris, that was his name. Chris. So he's not going to remember my name. His name's Chris. Um, says to me, again, no alcohol whatsoever present at this party. Says to me, hey, I bet I can eat a birthday cake candle faster than you. A oh, birthday cake God, candle? A... Yeah, you know, the little, little wax, <laughs> blue and white. 
I he came up with, with this idea sober. That's yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what, what's worse is I agree. <laughs> I, oh, I said, okay, you're on. <laughs> no, needless to say, I was soon revisiting. Needless to say, I was soon revisiting the pizza and cake that we had earlier, oh, um, which is the nicest way I can think. As of your body it. informed you that this is not edible. <laughs> Candles are not meant to be eaten. That's no, all I want no, you to not. take that's, away from this moment. It's wax. It's Don't cool. eat the daffodils, man. Are not meant to be. Don't eaten. eat the daffodils. Yeah. So, <laughs> what's the moral of that story? Candles are not meant candles to be are not meant eaten. to be. Okay, I, I missed Make that. Make an awkward segue into what we're going to talk about now. So, I think the deeper message is that what you think is obvious is not obvious. Is not always obvious, when especially you're with Kevin. especially <laughs> in social situations. Especially social situations. Tortured <laughs> transition <laughs> accomplished. <laughs> That is that is smoother than the three-wheeled Segway that I see drive by the front window of the Apple Store every day. It's not. I don't What's really the point of a third wheel on the I Segway. Don't, it's, I guess it's not really a Segway, but it's <laughs> it's it it's looks a like it's a yeah it's a, a it's a Segway-ish device. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, Let's talk about etiquette. So, <laughs> for those of y'all who read Boing Boing, you may already know exactly where we're going with this. Is this um, from Boing Boing? Hmm. Yeah, this was what this oh, is where I found it. Boing I found it on Boing Boing. Did you not? This I must have skipped it when oh, I was you thought, my... you thought I did actual research. Yeah, oh, I did. So Kevin, so it's cute. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm glad he's read the article. <laughs> um, no, actually, this this is okay. So it's uh, antipope.org, uh, courtesy of antipope.org, antipope.org, oh. courtesy of uh, Boing Boing. Um, although I think. Let's see, Charlie's... Be- That's the name of the site? Who is, who's buzzing? Is somebody buzzing right now? I think it was a chair he's sitting on. Oh, okay. All right, whatever. I can't um, So it's... The blog is called Charlie's Diary, and this this guy... Charles Strauss uh, is a normal author, but this is Carl Schroeder. Carl Schroeder? Schroeder? Schroeder. Okay, so Eric... So, Segway, or not Segway, Rabbit Trail. Is it Schrodinger's cat? Schrodinger's cat? Schrodinger's cat. I've How always heard it called Schrodinger's. Yeah, Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's is what I've Schrodinger's. heard. But, okay. you know, it's German. <laughs> it is. So, so it might, that. that might be, like, totally off. It <laughs> might be, it might be like, Jeff's cat. <laughs> you know, like, Burgeon on Klingon or something. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. And then cat, which is very English. Yeah. <laughs> um... I have. I work with a German guy. I'll ask him someday. Like, how would you read this? And, and he'll just say it. And I'll. Probably... Well, the O E is in if you're in German, if I remember correctly, oh, as, boy. is an er sound. Yeah, I so think it's Schrödinger's cat. Schrödinger. That sounds right. Schrödinger. 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 Let's just keep saying it for the next twenty-five minutes, and it'll get really awkward. Sounds like you have some sort of like impairment, like you're trying to communicate. All right, all right. I'll give you a hot dog. Calm down. I'm gonna just keep saying Schrödinger because that's how I know how to say it. Yeah. You're a Swedish chef of some magnitude. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, I just think it's totally fair to anglicize it to whatever is easy. Yeah. In the burks. In the curve. Of course, what I like about Schrodinger's cat, <laughs> I'm just going to talk to Eric now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I like about Schrodinger's cat is the idea, when, he, when he proposed the idea, he was pointing out that what works at the quantum level doesn't make any sense at an actual human level. You know, we sort of talked about how, you know, well, the cat is both alive and dead. Well, no, that's silly. The cat is either alive or dead because we live in this real world. Mm -hmm. But that's different from the chronum level where where something can be in multiple states at the same time. Mm. 
No, but he was the point of it was showing how quantum states could affect macro states. That was that was the point of the experiment. Did he have an actual agenda? Because I thought it was just an example of like how the quantum translates if you were to take a common day example, and it highlights whatever whatever interpretation you get. I mean, like quantum is weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you can you can interpret it as either sort of like you know hey that doesn't make sense you know you have different things happening at different resolutions of reality mm-hmm. or you can say is like well the mathematics are perspective driven so that you can you basically have to think of it as well I think it's either alive or dead or both I have to think about it as both and so, before it collapses There's, right. depending on how you inter- interpret quantum and so I try not to the oh well wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. Let's talk about etiquette. Let's talk yeah, about etiquette. etiquette. So, we're, we are okay. rabbit trailing like nobody's business. No, I blame the cookies. I blame the you at, least, you at least put the proper HTML tag for like HTML tag nonsense for Eric Schrodinger. <laughs> <laughs> so now we just have to put the appropriate slash nonsense. Right. <laughs> okay. So there's an article by Carl Schroeder. Schrader. Schrader. Whatever. <laughs> Talking Traitor. about rewilding etiquette. That's the name of the article. And um, Eric had a good suggestion before we started the episode. Um, instead of reading the entire article, which is yeah, pretty lengthy, I mean, not, not as long as the Max Hastings article we read a couple episodes ago, but um, definitely detailed. So we're going to go around and kind of summarize like what we got out of this article. Like, what was his main point? So since I'm the host, I'm going to start... I think his main point is we need to be more like Alcoholics Anonymous. <laughs> explain how. Uh, because, doesn't he talk about AA? He does, yeah. but explain how. Okay, so, so you're, you're, you're not summing it up. You're, that's, a, that's a. Does he mention Alcoholics Anonymous? So in other words, he does. Later we, on. No, in other words, we need to drink no, more. No, that was one of the comments. comments. Oh, I see. We need to drink more and be remorseful about it. <laughs> That was one of the articles. Done. done and done. Bill Gilt and Thank Rabble. you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Woo! That's, that's an interesting True fact. Blah, 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 blah. No, oh, um, he wasn't actually talking about AA. That was in one of the... Art, the uh, oh, it was in one of the comments. Okay, the comments. never mind. Um, so he's, he was talking mainly about how like norms and etiquette should be more like open source software, in that um, we should be constantly discussing and fleshing out the you know standards of etiquette for our society, and that that we should have more of an ongoing discussion. Oh, excuse me. There's some of the pizza coming up. Um, we should be. We should talk. It's just all about the funny noises. I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's also the beer. Um, <laughs> yes. I blame the beer. As long as and, because I think I, know, I think he has a valid point. You know, we don't really. There hasn't been an update to Emily Post's etiquette in a very long time. If someone were to ask me, all right, what are the what are like the conventions of of societal etiquette but right I'm now? But I'm okay with that, and I'll give you reasons why once we get to me. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I was thinking about this in the shower after reading the article this morning, and uh, it, it dawned on me that, you know, when we talk about etiquette, it, we're talking about kind of soft laws. Etiquette is kind of like social, like socially de- um, prescribed laws. Some of them are more hard and fast than others. Like, you know, you always cover your mouth when you sneeze. That's, you know, that's a pretty strong piece of etiquette. Things like, um, you know, you never, you never shake with your left hand. Well, those are, those are softer. Those are less, you know. Well, you always... Unless you're in one of the um, 
Middle Eastern countries where that is a very strong law. Okay, well, let's. Okay, I'm talking locally. Yeah. Well, no, but that's, and, that's, that's the point I'm trying to make. Before yeah. we get into a lot of debate, let's just try to have like the, what your highlights of the article are, and then okay. we'll each do highlights. What are we trying we to do? Can, put some structure in this episode? Uh, just, just to, like as a header, as an HTML header. I mean, okay, I think he. So he's he's saying we need another. We, we need another more scientifically based approach to etiquette. Like we okay. need to use cognitive science to to go back and kind of um, here here's a go. So to represent, I mean represent or express cognitive science as manners would be to rewild it to return our interactions to as close to a one to one relationship of behavior and reality as possible. Okay. So that's one of the things that I got out. One of okay. his like yeah. money statements right, right there. So Kevin, Kevin, I think what do you, what do you um, yeah. That's, that's not far from what I took out of it. The thing I, I would say he's trying to say, um, which is an interesting statement in and of itself, um, is that we as a people need to be nicer to each other, but to do that we need to have some sort of baseline way of, ba- baseline interaction, baseline method of interaction, because that's what etiquette is, is, okay. is about interaction between two or more people. And so he wants to go find... The the you know the first rule the golden rule if you will of mm. etiquette which I don't know. one might I I think he he's looking for that well now, well is there he's maybe not a rule but okay right. but he's looking for a baseline level of here's how to interact with other people okay all right so that's what you got out of it Eric what, so what did you think what I when I read it uh, what I saw is that he's been looking at he's and we've all been noticing uh, sort of the very significant sudden change in in life and culture in mm-hmm. the world uh, due to scientific progress and right. and he's asking the question what is the next step in progress yeah um, and he's and you know, at a certain point we're going to you know run physics dry maybe um, or at least reach some barrier in being able to push that mm-hmm. um, and, and we're going to we're going to keep pushing it by going towards some avenue and so he's predicting that the next big avenue the be- next big explosion the next big wheel or agriculture, or computer, is going to be some sort of social science that transforms life, uh, and he thinks that's going to be etiquette. Yeah. And that's going to be, I think, what he says is going to be the, the thing that really uses science, or a science style of doing conflict resolution, collective problem solving, and cohabitation of diverse kinds of people. Well, I just, so I feel like... No, I, I, I agree. That's, the, that's, I, that's, that's what he's, that's what he's say. saying. But I, I, I agree with you... And that's that's what he's saying. Yes. Now I think yeah. I think that's the the big misguidance there. I think that he gets is is that understanding of progress is that you know so science has certainly changed a lot. Yeah. But mm-hmm. there's this assumption that you know there's all scientific changes progress. There's, is leading towards some right. absolute truth and beauty exactly. knowledge point that exactly. that we understand absolutely everything about mm-hmm. the physical world. Yeah, in physics, to be specific, right? And and I think that really, like, what he's what he's he's feeling some sort of reality that he's trying to hash out in science. But what he's really feeling is that you know there's value to things, and you have to sort of talk about that cultural reality um, in order to understand science. I mean, one of the interesting things I've seen in sort of scientific progress is that it's it relies upon cultural progress. You have to be able to evolve as a people in order to take advantage of the scientific reality. I mean, ancient world had a lot of science that's modern, like a steam engine in ancient Egypt, Mm -hmm. a transmission system in uh, ancient Russia. They had plumbing 
in uh, ancient Greece or somewhere. Wait, a transmission system in ancient Russia? What, what, mm-hmm. what are we talking about there? There is a transmission system, uh, basically equivalent to the transmission system in our cars, used to pump water over long distances in oh. ancient Russia. If he got in uh, sync with the guy in Egypt, huh. they had, could have had cars. <laughs> wow. Well, um, yeah. There's, there's a lot of things about science and technology that really the only thing holding us back are the fact that we're able to get along with each other. We are able to socially be a people. And he's, I think that's what he's feeling. He's observing and trying to figure out how can we go there. The thing yeah. to really be a people, to do more science, to have science solve more human problems, is for people to get along. And well, yeah, because get- it's, it's definitely in our best interest to get along. Now, what that means is exactly... Is that a blanket statement? That sounds oh. like a real big blanket statement. Yeah. Um, is it? Because well, I, I think so. I mean, is it, that means says all conflict me, is false. Well, let me let me kind of flesh that out a little bit. So the reason why we ever got to technology in the first place was because we got together, right? Was because we got into tribes. I know someone who would disagree had, with you. No, but we could, we got we got people producing for each other as a collective, right? So that some members of the tribe or the group or whatever could spend their time doing intellectual pursuits, working on technology, doing things, you know, with their time other than sustaining their own lives, you so know, you're, farming, you're, hunting, you're putting gathering, a reason on something that happened without necessarily the reason existing. The thing happened. I'm not going to argue that we didn't right. civilize, and I don't like that term, but we got together and worked together. Like the term yeah. civilized? Um, not in this context, because because I'm, that's implying that people who didn't live this way weren't civilized, which I think is a difficult thing to ju- That's a judgment call. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's, that's like finding the uncontacted tribe in Africa that was just discovered and saying they're not civilized because they don't live like we do. Hmm. They've been around as long as we have, but we're, we're dis- describing that as a, as a negative thing. They, they have not reached our level of civilization. They have not progressed to that. And obviously they haven't needed to. And so that's implying a, a so progression within the human history that I don't know that I like. Yeah. It's a personal thing more than it is a political thing, although right. the personal is political. But um, what I was saying is, is you're applying a reason to why they did that. You're saying the reason they did that is to make their lives better. I don't know that. I know. Well, I, I Well, because that. I, think, I, just... I think the argument could be made, though, that the guy who invented the wheelbarrow. The wheelbarrow mm-hmm. is a great invention, particularly when agriculture showed up. Yeah did it because he wanted to carry more stuff. He wanted to be able to carry more stuff for him. That was, that's the selfishness. If we're going to get into Randian objectivism, okay, all that's right, the selfish all right. argument. Um, and I don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily, but, but that's the counter But there's certainly like a first level of technology being like tools, which are really mm-hmm. personal. They're individual things where yeah. I pick up a rock and I hit things, and that's my technology. Yeah. And uh, technology didn't really become like a social uh, embodiment for a while, because you had to build up some sort of individual yeah. uh, technology mm-hmm. first beforehand. Um, so you see, as this is, this is sort of like one of the many interesting things about technology is this telescoping effect, is that you have lots of little, and then as it, it sort of builds towards a more centralized thing, as almost out of like that emergent property of many things mm. coming to like a similar similar mm-hmm. similar result is like, oh, there's only so many ways you can solve keeping something from dropping. Yeah, <laughs> you put something under it, right? Yeah. And so you'll, <laughs> you put it on the ground to begin with, right? So and then it can't fall. You'll evolve <laughs> yeah. single solutions, which are ideal, and then share them universally, mm-hmm, right? And then upon that, you're able to build more iterative. So, 
Right. So his getting back to the article though. So his point is we've done that with with science. We've mm-hmm. done that with technology. Mm-hmm. So the computer, mm-hmm. you know, the computer kind of evolved in, in parallel mm-hmm. in many different places, mostly in Black and Park, and but... kind of converged upon the PC. You know, technology converged upon the phone and then the cell phone. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we see many different iterations of this idea, but things kind of converged on this because we decided that this is this was the the one way. I don't don't know that we would say we decided. I would say individuals decided that this is what they want. No, but there's. No, I mean, no. There's at some point a community comes together and will set standards of this in order for cell phones to work reliably. We want this bandwidth. But maybe not consciously, and that's I think kind of the interesting point here is that maybe nobody nobody said let's all get together and decide that we're going to have a personal computer. So in the same way we look at etiquette, right? So Mm. nobody kind of came together and decided, oh, you know, we should all always, you know. Um, cover our mouths when we sneeze. We didn't like. There wasn't like a huge council a of, of humanity where everybody said, "This is what we're going to do." Right? Then we just kind of. It's it's like a meme, you know. One mm-hmm. person one person gets the idea that, oh, it's not so pleasant if if um, you know if I spew saliva everywhere when I sneeze. Or it's not so pleasant when other people spew saliva right. on me. <laughs> so so they cover their mouth and they encourage others to do the mm-hmm. same through through you know uh, ridicule if someone does not follow the the rule. And through you know uh, acceptance when someone does follow the rule, and so other people see that they see that practice, and they go, "Oh, that's a good idea." Mm-hmm. And then maybe subconsciously or consciously they take that, and then they do it themselves. And this is how etiquette spreads throughout society. It's very organic, very very decentralized. Mm-hmm. And um, I think his point here is is maybe okay. We've had we've had a little bit of that, but you know, technology didn't really get didn't get focused until we took it and put it together, mm-hmm. until we made a conscious effort to take these things that had developed in, in disparate places and put them together consciously into a system. And so we, maybe we need to do that with etiquette again. And here's where I start to take issue with it. Okay. Because with, with technology, that's, that's a certain thing. With etiquette, though, the reasons, and, and he, I think, argues that, you know, the, that we need to trim all the etiquette that doesn't have a good reason behind it. Right. Um, he, he, he references eating pork. He? He, he references, you know, eating pork as an example. Right. Um, of saying, you know, that doesn't really need to be a rule because we, we cook our pork fine. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, and, and, and sort of, so there's this idea that I think he's trying to get to of, of, of the scientific pursuit of etiquette, of, of yeah. trying to move towards a total understanding of how we interact socially, mm-hmm. which is implying and and from from your idea, uh, Stephen, of the of the sort of you know the meme of the people sharing it for the yeah, different reasons, the decentralized, uh, this decentralized thing, yeah. that's implying that people do things for the same reasons, which is a lot harder. And he's sort of setting to it up. pin down in a scientific way. Right. He's, he's right. sort of also trying to set up uh, like the the challenge of of social sciences. I mean, like one of the biggest issues with social sciences, like you mentioned in the article, is that at one point, we thought we had it all solved. Yeah, Freud, um, Freud, right? And now we see many glaring lackings uh, in so, uh, sociology and psychology. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, part of it being consistency. Yeah. Being th- things that are true across generations, across cultures. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah. Just, Can I mean, you find something that is true well, psychologically I'm, across generations, across and, cultures? And, and he's you trying to basically uh, make the project that, okay, well, 
when you take science and you apply it, maybe more of an engineering thing, mm -hmm. the goal is to try to determine what is good etiquette and what is the good uh, collaboration, conflict resolution. Right. And and I think I really actually kind of disagree with the project game aims because it feels like it's like yes. so so it, it defines it as like the next step of science mm -hmm. and it really feels a little more I guess maybe transcendent to that like it's it's social like etiquette mm -hmm. and and society is the environment that sets up for people to do anything yeah. including science and so science is based upon that sort of thing and so like. People being people to each other. You can do science to understand it somewhat, but you can't use science to define what it is. Yes, and and and, and I think, and you, you kind of touched on something along that idea of this 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 flexible nature, this non consistency. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, science is is developed to be consistent. Experiments have to be repeatable. Mm -hmm. Phenomenon have to be repeatable in different circumstances that so we understand what they are and what's mm -hmm. causing them. Whereas with human behavior, with human <laughs> interactions, that repeatability doesn't necessarily work. If I had a bad day today, if I got yelled at at work, I'm going to respond differently to the same stimulus if I had a great day at work. Right. Um, and so, and, it, but, and even that's making it far too causal a situation, um, in my opinion, mm -hmm. particularly because, you know, you start having to deal with, with um, differences in culture, which Some are of that, bigger yeah. than... Well, here, okay, so here's the thing. Cultures initially had many differences among them, right? Okay, so American culture was, a, I'm, I'm assuming, a little while, a little while back, maybe about a century back, much more fragmented than it is today. Oh, yeah. I disagree. I mean, I really? think it was a little bit more fragmented, but one of the really interesting things about America... I think America, it's incredibly fractured today. I think it's incredibly homogenized across America. I mean, I you look at... so, too. You look yeah. at the disparity of culture and language and perspective between California and New York and Texas, and then compare that to the same geographic difference in Europe or China Well, so you're, yeah. you're talking Africa. a matter of scale. Um, which I don't think, and which which is how similar are they mm -hmm. um, versus how different are they? Which is which which I think the differences are what's important here. Well, one of the points that you made in the article is is kind of part of his project and part of his hope is that we start thinking on a global culture perspective. There so is no global culture. Well, the same way that we that we have gone from thinking of you know a state's individual culture and etiquette versus, you know, to, to thinking of a nation's culture and etiquette as, as one homogenous group and thinking maybe as a, uh, you know, an age group or a segment of the internet, things like this. We've, we've find, found different ways of, of creating that yeah. homogenization. But all of that those makes still me feel a little queasy, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it sounds almost like a pasteurized version of the old moral morality lessons that, yeah. hey, yes. you know, like, think of everyone as your brother. And then, yes. And you know, and but don't do it in a religious way. Just think about it in like a secular, like yeah. well, secular just humanism. do it because it's yeah. science yeah. or something like that. It's, it's a secular is, humanist oh, approach me, to I'm, I'm why you should that, be moral. Why you should yeah. be moral? Exactly. Well, not, and I'm not saying that that I, I necessarily agree with this because I think, mm -hmm. and he brings up some good examples like Brave New World, mm -hmm. uh, like um, what is it? Nova was another one he talked about. Um, the only one I was vaguely familiar with is Brave New World. Yeah, that's yeah. the only one I read. Well, so instances where where you know there's a an effort to mass homo homogenize uh, cultural practices, mm -hmm. um, social interactions to to basically make one what was a, a diverse you know type of, of environment. So I think you know social diversity for all of its 
um, for for all of its problems, you know, and in the differences that we see that that may arise, like the you know, the the gaps, that's a real loaded statement. The gap that that you know President Obama made, and, and you know, bowing which, right which to, to oh. shake or something <laughs> or whatever it was. So that's you know that's a point of you know could be could be interpreted as as a you know a bad thing, right? Mm-hmm. In, in one context. So for for all of those possibilities. Uh, one of the commenters in here made a great point. Uh, Toronto, his home city, is uh, one of the, or I think it might have been the author uh, making this point. But anyways, the diversity itself contributed to more cooperation because people with, with a, a greater difference between you and another person, you're more willing to open up to their and accept their differences Ooh. and make an effort to work. Some with people them. are. That's yeah. yeah. I don't think Stephen, don't you're think in the middle related. of Texas, <laughs> and while Austin is the liberal kind of crazy part of Texas, yeah. <laughs> it's still a liberal crazy part of Texas. And I was just interacting with. Um, We're still more conservative than the We're conservative still, part. I was. Of I was still. Doing, I was talking <laughs> to Amy because um, yeah. <laughs> just this afternoon I was talking to Amy because um, I think the internet knows this already. We live together now. Yeah. Um, <gasps> <gasps> yeah, I know. But, Scandal. but the is that I'm currently on my parents' health insurance, and I can mm-hmm. be until I turn 26 because of Obamacare. Yay! Mm-hmm. Um, because I'm not—I don't have a job that gives me insurance at the moment, so I need it. But right. we were looking at getting partner benefits, and that's something that Texas University of Texas doesn't do, uh, heterosexual or otherwise. If you're not a, well, especially not otherwise. But if you're not married to the person, you cannot get partner benefits, huh. and you have to be married in the Texas sense of the word, meaning male and female only. Yeah. Um, and so that, I mean, it's a fight they've been having for a long time mm. here in the liberal part of Texas. Yeah. But, you know, those, you know, if you take a racist, let's say, and send him or her to a black Baptist church in southern Louisiana, they're not going to try to make things better. They're not going to try to bridge that gap. Right. They don't want to. They want people who are like them. People but like to be around people who are like them. So, part of so I, I guess part of his point and part part of the effort, right? Part of the the mission of this this great social endeavor is to kind of eliminate racism entirely. <laughs> you know, because racism yeah, racism that'd be is nice. A, racism is a consequence of of isolation, of of you know not getting a greater perspective on the world, not being able to see things from somebody else's perspective. An extremely important aspect of, of social interaction. He makes a point in there that, like, and I think this is actually one that shows why this project has, if anything, just uh, its limitations, is that if you establish some sort of etiquette and that becomes enough, then as long as you meet that etiquette, you're justified in doing whatever fits in there. So, mm. like, oh, there are always I mean, holes. he murdered, like, an entire race, but... He was polite about it. He was nice about it. (laughs) Yeah, right? He asked first. He had the right haircut. (laughs) He He gave them all happy pills. He made the the right handshake. They they all signed a contract saying it would be okay. Yeah. Right, even though he forced their signatures. (laughs) Well, we we don't know that. We (laughs) have a contract. The contract's the record of... We do know that, but but that's part of uh, (laughs) etiquette, right? Like, as long as he gets that signature, however he does it. I mean, and so, and, and, you know, the loopholes wouldn't be that blatant. They might be. I mean, well, they might be. You know. I mean, when you have an <laughs> etiquette system develop, um, then you're basically saying what you do is you communicate to people around you that as long as you do this, you're um, acceptable. We're, we're acceptable, and so people will do just that. And then you'll have you'll have deviance. Any any culture you're going to have deviance, or which mm-hmm. you're going to have motivations which are antagonistic to you, 
or the culture at large or whatever. And well, how many people get off in our system on a technicality? You know, the, the mm-hmm. warrant wasn't signed before they broke into the house. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so any, and so that's... So any objective of law or mm-hmm. etiquette or morality is basically to adequately and appropriately define that truth. What is, what is true to avoid conflict or to resolve conflict or to... Do what's right. Well, well, let's let's look at it kind of in the in the context of the uh, of the you know the UK riots that we were talking about so mm-hmm. recently. So that that kind of situation develops from kind of a, a fundamental schism in in etiquette and in and culture and in the idea of what is what is acceptable yes. in, in society uh, within a, the same geographic area. So when these two vastly divergent people groups uh, have a flashpoint of some kind. You get this sort of uh, violence, you know. Mm-hmm. So the the idea of this is to is to kind of tone down the differences, to 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 rein in. Yeah, the, I mean, the and great, just that that just feels so con- wrong to me well, when it. In, in this case, I mean, we're talking about reigning in extremism, right? We're talking about bringing people in from from being ideolog- ideologically isolated to more ideologically moderate, not eliminating the differences entirely. I don't yeah. think that would be his point. But maybe bringing him in closer. If that's so the that project, so then that it's to bridge the gap far between, too touchy feely. Well, you know, I mean, how do you how do you define the middle? Uh, well, you know, maybe you. Where, where do you define your extremes? Because you you then start creating these binary opposites mm-hmm. of various behaviors. At Somebody, some point, you have to draw the line to say if you do this. You're evil. Yeah, there's, there etiquette. is a good and evil. Yeah, there is yeah. a right and wrong with mm-hmm. these sorts of etiquette rules. And we are going to reject you. We're going to punish you. We're and, going and, to deny you something. And because etiquette doesn't work like that, and it, if it's a formalized etiquette, it does. Mm-hmm. The way etiquette exists in this sort of naturalized mm-hmm. state, mm-hmm. there, you know, if you make a social taboo, you can work around it. You can work through it. You can get past mm-hmm. it. You know, I I have said inadvertently rude things to people in the past. I can't think of any at the moment, but I know it's happened. I got a big mouth. I'm sure one will happen. Yeah. <laughs> I got a big mouth. It's bound to happen. And, and sometimes I don't even, I'm sure it's happened. I didn't even know it. You know, I didn't sure. realize it. Yeah. But there have been times when somebody said that and, and you know, I, I, their reaction surprised me. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And, and we, didn't and we build past that yes. because we didn't understand the rules or we had different understandings of them. But say the difference is so, this so uh, exaggerate or, or so great, like that. What you say is is considered, you know, a death sentence. Like basically, in their myth, like the way they've been brought up, for you to do something like that means that you should not be allowed to exist. Yeah, that happens. Okay, that's that's when it gets to be a problem. Are you bleeding? Yeah, I picked a scab. <laughs> Okay. I'm just letting it clot. Wow. How classy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, that's, and, that's, and that's a, a terribly <laughs> rude thing to do does in a social situation. Does beer or, or help or hurt that? Does beer? I don't like pouring it on it or drinking? I wouldn't, is it I blood wouldn't. thinner or blood? Is it, is if it I had to guess, I would say it thins it. <laughs> just because, I mean, beers, I mean, it's going to have more stuff in it. Your blood alcohol is content there, rises. Is there a doctor in the house? I'm bleeding like a. It's stopped now. It's not even. It's caught it. I'm just waiting for it to dry and scab up. Okay. Um, yeah. It, Where it, was I going with? Well, yeah. So I mean, so <laughs> it's it's an interesting point that if like so if you had some ideal uh, set of etiquette, which would be like this well developed, well researched, well known and understood set of things I should and shouldn't do, and then I go to the mi- middle of Timbuk nowhere, mm-hmm. um, and there's a bunch of savages. Who think yeah, that if you have hair on your head, oh, you should savages. be eaten? Yeah. Um, 
then I don't like the term savages, but there are there's a group of people who have a wildly different opinion that is that's okay. something that is something that you could be killed for and stuff like that. Right. Let's say it's people who have n- like uh, no sense of language and they have no sense of math and they uh, cannibalize people who aren't they don't immediately recognize. Okay. okay. I can't. If I and this and, and I'm 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 maybe arguing the point, but if that's who they are, mm-hmm. if I say that is wrong, I am making a judgment. Right, I, and that's sort of the point of this etiquette and, is that if you're going to find something that's scientifically true, them, then you got to be able to go into that community, which is barbaric. Um, oh boy, there's uh, another one. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm a post-colonialist, and you keep using terms that are problematic on a very, very strong level. Okay, um, they are violent. Can I say that they're you, you, violent? It's a hypothetical and that yes. they're stupid. Can I say that they're stupid? Stupid's problematic, but um, well, okay. No, so I, when I mean they they're stupid, different. is that they're resistive to gentlemen, learning. Gentlemen, lower your voice, <laughs> please. I just, I'm, you're, it's, it's. And and we've talked about this a little bit before okay. on if on uh, when we talked about Book of Mormon, yeah. um, but those those sorts of terms in the same way civilized does imply a progression, imply a movement from one to another, and that movement is a beneficial thing. Fun side fact: you know the term barbarian comes from Greek um, because mm-hmm. the people who didn't speak Greek Beers. sounded no, they sounded like they were talking. They said oh, they said bar 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 bar, and that's bar, what. Bar, bar. And that's where the term barbarian came sure. from. And it was, it was, all barbarian means, if you go back to its original meaning, is someone mm-hmm. who doesn't speak Greek. Sure. Yeah. Now, we've, we've taken that idea of saying, well, you don't speak Greek, so you are less than me. You are, mm-hmm. you are, you need to learn Greek. You are lacking sure. something. Yeah. Um, in the same way that savage or uncivilized implies that you have something, you do not have something that you need to have. And when you, when you walk into a group with that perspective, you're A, right. making a judgment call against them, and B, you're implying that, you're, that 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 sort of idea leads to things like the British Empire. So I think, in particulars, that's that's a good rule of thumb. That like I, it's it's arrogant for me, in particular, to go to a particular group and say I have what you need. But I think it's obvious that you see a people who have less development in their knowledge, and they're suffering because of it. Ooh, you know how Christianity spread across the nations. Uh. I could tell you a lot about that. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say that when we went into Africa, we being a British, because I'm a white male and I come from the Mm -hmm. Anglo-Saxons, so unfortunately I get to carry some of this burden, we went into Africa, we went into Asia, we went into these places, particularly the Pacific Rim, Hawaii, and said we need to save these people because they don't have Christianity. And that's an example, and and you can argue the validity of it elsewhere, that's an example where I'm coming in, and these people are are savages, are are uncivilized, are people who need what I have to give them, and if they won't take it, we hurt them. We, we, we taught them to snitch on people who were not speaking English, who were not reading the Bible appropriately. Sure. We destroyed See, their think... civilization in place of our own. Yeah. Okay, so maybe let's take it out of peoples as groups. Let's look at individuals. If you have a child... And then you have an adult. And this is not even trying to make this a parallel to those groups. But let's talk particulars. Uh-huh. That there's a child who does not know things. And then you come in and say, ah, you don't know things. Let me give this to you. 
Is that is that okay to say that this child is ignorant? <laughs> Am I just not allowed to say anything negative ever about anyone no, because it's, not, it's all subjective? You, 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 and, and, and the fact that I grow up not even knowing how to do and addition. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I get I get defensive on this sort of stuff, and I want to apologize to you, Eric, because I know I do. Okay. Because I'm still struggling with a lot of it. So okay. so so what I've been saying is not meant to be a personal attack on you, and I okay. apologize. Um, let's let's start there. Let's go to some etiquette. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, see this this it's so meta. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, but let's 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 go to that. And again, and and it's interesting that you bring up the 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 idea of education of, of mm-hmm. an adult and a child, mm-hmm. um, because if you look to um, there's a, a theorist and, edu- and an educator by the name of Paulo Freire. Um, I'm a, he may have passed on. I'm not entirely sure when he was working, but he's relatively recent. Okay. Um, and he developed something using the, these ideas of, of colonialism that I've talked about, of, of, of coming into a culture and taking them over and, okay. and the issues with that, and saying that that's not unlike what we do in the classroom, where you mm-hmm. have the lecture situation, yeah. and, and he called it um, the banking theory of education, yeah. where you have a, a child is like a bank, or a student is like a bank. We can take age out of the question if you'd like. With, it was an empty bank, and it is the teacher's job to fill that bank with knowledge. So every day, a student comes into a classroom, or a group of students come into a classroom, a teacher stands at the front of the classroom, and inputs the knowledge to them. Mm-hmm. Puts it into their bank. Trying to pour it like water. And trying yeah. to pour it, and, and, and that's oh, the idea. Man. What a nauseous description. <laughs> but that, but mean, that's, but that's, 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 yeah. what you, that's, that's what you just described to me. No, yeah. I didn't describe anything. I was trying to set something up, and you kept on trying to requalify my terms. Oh, In the specific of, of trying, the and teacher. I'm trying yeah. to basically understand, like, so, uh, trying to basically establish, since we were going at it, like, how you can establish any kind of relationship where you have something to give someone. And that happens a lot. It's almost... Oh, yeah. That's every social interaction almost. Yeah. So let's say I have something to give something, and that's unilaterally true to a group of people. That here's a group of people, and they don't have meat. Do they want it? Yeah, but, okay. So I... Okay, so there's... I think that, then, is the essential point, is the difference between offering... Enforcing, and I think a lot of what the negative connotations that you've built up about this is that failure to say the difference between offering as an invite, like "Hey, mm-hmm. this is good for you," mm-hmm. and then forcing. And I so think so. I think, and, and I, I think I see where you're going with this. How it relates back to the etiquette thing is that I, I think it's a feedback. I, I think it's it's very much a differential equation. Mm-hmm. Like we we see that you know etiquette sort of develops organically. It develops mm-hmm. decentralized in a decentralized manner. Mm-hmm. The both the development and the enforcement of etiquette happens with the same people. So mm-hmm. there's no there's no centralized body that says this is what we should do. Maybe someone eventually goes and does like an, an Emily post comes along and says, "Wow, you know, I see a lot of these things going on. I want to make it easier to disseminate these things mm-hmm. that are being developed." By creating a standard, so they write down mm-hmm. the the etiquette, and you get Emily Post's etiquette, right? And what so, I so see, then, but but eventually society moves on, and mm-hmm. and that so it changes very very dynamically, mm-hmm. and I think it's changing even me even more dynamically and rapidly now as a result of the the just vast increase in communication, the new ways of communication. I mean, we we just work. I mean, social norms are changing so rapidly. Like I look at I look at kids even you know six seven years younger than I am 
and I almost can't relate in almost the same way. That's like pretty the, normal. <laughs> I, well, but but I think it's I don't know if it's ever been that stark. I mean, we're almost like three years. Like sometimes you know, kids that are now freshmen in college or sophomores in college mm-hmm. have a vastly different set of of you know cultural norms mm-hmm. that they deal with it. And I think it's, I mean, it may not necessarily be a problem. Yeah, but, but someone who's 30 is going to have a vastly different set of morals on sure. average than you. And yet we still manage to come together and, are in, and interact in the same social spaces yeah. without the need for enforcement. And I, and I think, you know, there, there was never anything in this article that talked about enforcement. There well, actually, anything... it talked in the opposite, is that what they would prefer is this sort of open source solution where yeah. you can get to the truth and then people would accept it just in virtue because of it being beneficial. Best. Yeah. And that's I think somewhat um that's fantastical. Assuming, well yeah, that's assuming that this is in some manner, you know, but objective. The, the point <laughs> I would was was trying to really build to was that anything that you could truly share across cultures would be something that would be a morality, which people have been discussing oh. forever. So when do you, I think it's different stages. So you, you usually go from from like etiquette Mm-hmm. Then when it's when it gets codified, it becomes morality. Um, then when it gets even even when it gets written down as uh, you know and enforced by the state, then it becomes law. So okay. we have like or religion or religion. Yeah, very much. Yeah. That's a good point. But so, if, we have, so, so you're, you're saying a statement that this etiquette is something that's true always for everyone. Not necessarily, that's, but I think well, I that's think, that's when etiquette becomes morality. I, well, I think that's I think that's the spectrum there. Mm-hmm. You know, etiquette is very dynamic, changing all the time. You know, you try to write it down, and, and it's just you know what you write down is is not, it's true today, but it's not true tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, then, and then that's you get unscientific. To, then you get yes. to morality. So you know, moral norms tend to have a greater staying power. They tend to be more you know better ingrained. But you know, I, I wouldn't call the fact that you shake with your right hand or don't bow to a person below the waist or whatever. I wouldn't call that a, a you know a moral yeah because uh, choice. You know, that's that's because there's nothing we we think of of morality as as either you know. Uh, it's, it's prescribing action mm-hmm. and prescribing a, a good or bad quality to an action. Yeah. Um, so, you know, a right or wrong quality. Um, so, you know, that's, there's a distinction there. But then, you know, it, it relates almost in a similarly ambiguous way to law. So, that, mm-hmm. you know, I think whew, we don't really have the, the enough time no, to talk about the relationship with, with all of these. But <laughs> I think, you know, where, where etiquette borders on morality is where this guy is trying to go. He's trying to make it something that we can we can better codify, and I don't. I think etiquette is very difficult to to define and to, to work out in that way. And I think one of the things that makes us human is the fact that we are so incredibly dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I think etiquette is developing and spreading and morphing just fine as it is. You know, yes. we've we've found a way to to interact with each other. We find a way to get along. And I mean, the fact that we haven't had a world war. In a pretty damn long time, is an indication I think that that the increases in communication, the the increases in the the amount of availability that we have to, to knowledge, I think the world is is going the right direction, kind of on its own, and it, and we don't really need to have somebody at the helm going, you know, <laughs> we don't need to have a, a you know Emily Post at the front of the room saying this I like is exactly Miss Manners actually Miss Manners okay I've got, I, I got her book just recently from <laughs> the 70s right it's surprisingly forward thinking for, for what I would have expected out of, out of a book about manners from the 70s okay <laughs> um, it's a lot of you know be nice to people don't don't be rude yeah but, but not in but like you know just well, to, if I can write a trope just briefly. sure sure 
um, you know, the someone wrote to her. It was an advice column. You know, someone wrote and asked, you know, um, you know, how do I respond when you know someone introduces me to a gay couple? Now, this was a huge deal back in the seventies. Mm. You know, when this was still becoming a new thing. But, but that's that it wasn't becoming. But the the answer that she gave, though, this is how forward thinking she was. Was you say hello, name of person one, hello, name of person two. Like that's the point. You know, someone introduces yeah. you, you don't you don't have to do anything beyond that. Right. You say hi. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet you. So yeah. something that's interesting about an etiquette system where you actually identify people who have broken the etiquette system is that there are people that you are not nice to. Is that at some point yeah. if someone's not doing what is socially acceptable, yeah. to them you need to be obnoxious. To them you need to be, you know, hey, you are not operating correctly, so I'm going to be rude. But there are to you. there are ways that I mean, without being obnoxious, that you can encourage social norms and and spread them. Yeah, like but there's, there's peer pressure. There are, there are ways that we kind of you know we stare. You know, we we have very subtle ways of yeah, enforcing. But but, but all those I would I would argue involve some way of being not nice. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're a negative if reaction. If you're they blanketly are. nice, that's like. Always giving a treat to a dog for no particular reason. You don't train the dog that way. You need to have it only a nice treat when it jumps or well, sits I mean, or quits barking. Well, let's not be barking. completely Pavlovian about yeah. it. There's, <laughs> yeah. the, there's also just non-reaction. I mean, if somebody makes a bad joke or if someone does something that's that's you know incorrect socially, mm-hmm. everyone can just sort of ignore it. Mm-hmm. And so the the you know the non-reaction of the crowd. Is almost as potent, sometimes more potent than a an actual you know yes. negative reaction, because then the person realizes, point. oh, well, I don't get a positive response out of this. I really People don't, don't laugh I... at my racist jokes anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I maybe would... I shouldn't make racist jokes anymore because I don't get any like maybe if I make you know liberal jokes, then they'll laugh. <laughs> I know lots of girls who would say you should do that to be nice. Oh, just tell them well, that no, it's funny that's, because that's nice. No, but you don't want to say that. The well, then that's and that's and, and that's so where this, this be becomes. This is where this becomes wishy washy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is this is you know. There's not a right answer, and I think that's okay. And I think I was just I guess trying to just reemphasize the point you made earlier is that an etiquette system does have a binary system. And it's not a touch feel good. Yes. All the time, as long as everyone can just get together. And I got that vibe from some of this. Uh, yeah, so the article was, was was kind of getting towards that of just yeah. why didn't everybody just be nice to each other? Yeah, family? right. You know, yeah. like we're all singing a big kumbaya song. Some of us have drums and some of us have guitars. But I think you know, argument and disagreement is just as healthy as agreement. You know, and, and but they and can be done in an as long as there's sure it can be done in a polite way. As long as there's, uh, subs- I think really you need substantial respect for each other. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's where it's not about etiquette. It's about when you get fundamental breakdown is when you start considering. Uh, that the other person you're talking to has no value. Yes. And and that's going to be um, basically more essential than etiquette. Sorry, Eric is very distracted by Jeff, the uh, tabby cat. I, I she have was trying to eat my he, cord. Did you not? Do you not see the giant balls hanging off under the tail, Eric? Under under my tail. <laughs> uh, wait till he walks away from you next time. Come here, Jeff. We haven't neutered Jeff yet. <laughs> oh, you're talking to... So, oh, I see what you're saying now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep, see? Giant dangling kitty balls. Furry, fuzzy... That's how you can tell he's a mammal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they never well. put that in the book. 
know, what? on the, the mammal traits. You know, mammals have hair. Mammals have, you know, are warm-blooded, <laughs> four-chambered heart. Yeah. They never talk about testicles. In the Bible? No, in, the, in books oh. that describe <laughs> mammals. I mean, I'm sure there's a oh. book somewhere that does it. But I'm just thinking back to the, you, you know, the fourth to do grade book. Wait, in-depth study of the variety of testicles? No, I don't really family. care. But so li- lizards don't have testicles? Well, no, they don't. Oh. They, no, they, they do fertilize eggs in right. the same so way that we do. They don't have testicles, though. Well, not the visible external ones that mammals have. Oh, okay. It's, it's different. In the same way that the, it's, it's almost kind of backwards in a way, because... Reptiles lay eggs, and then the males fertilize them, whereas with yeah. mammals, the eggs fertilized internally, and the testes are external. <laughs> Biology. So, as much as I would love to talk about... Uh, <laughs> All things and everything. Balls, <laughs> <laughs> My mother listens to this podcast. <laughs> she does. I'm sorry, Mom. Let's, let's do something a little bit more PG-13. Um, <laughs> qualify with a 13 because yeah. <laughs> so I don't know where it's going to go I mean it will right. start PG it's not but... just feel good warm fuzzy yeah. <laughs> so I've got uh, I've got one good form spring question so it's time for the form squeeze so this coming from uh, an anonymous asker of course because everything on form spring is that way what am I saying it doesn't have to be people can't put their name on so, it yeah. so coming from an anonymous does. fan of bad philosophy what would happen if the copyright sign got copyrighted it could only be <laughs> trademarked but what would happen i guess what if the copyright sign got trademarked <laughs> that means well i mean that's sort of what happens is anyone who wants to copyright has to pay a royalty to the copyright source mm-hmm. uh whoever copyrighted that and that's sort of like buying into having a patent verification that's sort yeah. of I'm pretty sure that's one of those things like so it a, happens um, already. Well, well, prior art comes into play. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's one of those things like, uh, what do you call, uh, what, do you, what do you call like uh, code, part, bits of code that, uh, or like names and strings that are used by the, the code language itself? Oh, literals? Literals. Okay. I think the copyright symbol is a literal, most likely. Literal. Like, it's one of those things that the either the patent office or the trademark office or whatever takes care of that thing they like this is the language of ip yeah Yeah. they own that so that's somebody else could not put a trademark on the copyright symbol you can copyright things without the symbol you just say copyright that's sort of like saying that you can't copyright a single word can you not Mm -mm. apple's well okay trademark yeah yeah, again you can trademark something you can copyright anything that's two words or greater it's not that exact but in a in a, a words and phrases have to be trademarked. Well, let's talk. Maybe they meant trademark. Because so, what if the what if the the like the TM the trademark mm-hmm. symbol got, got trademarked? So, so like copyright and trademark basically says you know this body owns this phrase or word. And you say that you know there's that um, mm-hmm. IP agency. I'm not actually sure who does that, but someone who defined what copyright symbol is and what that mm-hmm. means. So in a sense, they own it. And so, in a sense, they've copyrighted it. Yeah. Right. And well, any creative work in the U.S., I'm speaking here specifically, mm-hmm. is automatically copywritten when it is created. Mm-hmm. Um, today. Now, in the past, there was different. You actually had to file for a copyright. You had mm-hmm. to you had to apply the, the thing that said copyright by whoever, all that sort of stuff. Because um, it wasn't as big of a So, deal. there's a difference between registered and unregistered trademarks. Yes. 
Uh, That's what the little R is. Right. Um, trademarks have to be defended, um, which is an interesting thing, because a copyright is a copyright all along. Hmm. Um, but a trademark can be lost if it becomes a part of popular usage. Hmm. Um, the term Xerox, for example, and I don't know where it lies anymore, was originally a trademark of the, trademark of the Xerox company. Mm-hmm. Um, but became, because it became a verb used to, say, make a copy of, hmm. um, they were in danger of losing the trademark. Do you think Google is at that stage? Um, potentially. Um, it's, but it's interesting because usually when somebody says Google it, they mean specifically with the Google engine. Hmm. Yeah. Google hasn't quite... See, when you start saying you know, Xerox that on your Lexmark copy machine... Okay. That becomes a, a difference, and um, so it'd be yeah. more like how Texas uses Coke to refer to any kind of soda. Yes, I don't. I say soda. Good for you. I d- Are you from like, Texas? Yes. What's Good wrong you. with you? I, what the? I we, I had this debate with Matt Legler. The yeah, other it's day too. Don't like, worry about it, Stephen. So I, <laughs> I need a Coke, and somebody asked what kind. Totally intelligent that's a, that's conversation. A, that's a valid question. Totally. This, is, this is talking about cultural no. norms and etiquette. <laughs> and, you know, what kind of Coke do you want? Well, it's like well I got Dr. Pepper, I got Sprite, I got oh, Pepsi, oh, uh, I got Diet Coke, I got regular Coke. Mm-hmm. Regular Coke? I mean, that's it's redundant. Regular it's redundant. I'm no, sorry. It's, like, it's, it's uh, explicit. Well, it's, what's inter- interesting thing Coca-Cola. I learned in, in the U- <laughs> uh, not in the UK, in Europe when I was over there, yeah. is lemonade is what they call all of those fizzy beverages. What? Lemonade. They're called, uh, um, in, in Prague specifically, in, in UK, there's a mm. little bit more variance. But like, in, for example, in Prague, those are limonadas. So limonadas. you ask for limonadas, and they say what kind? And you say Coca Cola. <laughs> yeah. Well, generally, well, generally <laughs> you'll you'll only order you'll you'll order the kind you want. Oh, okay. But you'll see a sign that says you know we've got Limonada. we've got you know beer and lemonade. Tres limonadas. Um, and and so well, also their lemonade is carbonated in Europe, which is weird. What? They yeah. carbonate their water too. Yeah. Oh, they, they, not everywhere. You can get you can get without right? you can get yeah. fizzy or flat. Yeah, but, <laughs> but you like yeah. flat is the special kind of water. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. if you just say, "Can I have water?" They'll I would, bring you I would bubbles. Serve, yeah, bubbles, and I was like, "What is this?" It's water. Yeah. It's oh, water. it's water. <laughs> this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like it with the, I like it with the bubbles. I can't stand it with the bubbles. Yeah, that's okay. It's, it's very bitter. Well, that's because well, the, the CO2 makes it a little more acidic. Yeah, it CO2. makes it acidic. See, burp, right? I, you I produce CO2. I don't time. want to consume it again. Yeah, that's fair. So. I mean, if I want to just, if I want to quench my thirst, I don't want to drink something carbonated because it dehydrates me. Like, it's it's fundamentally wrong. <laughs> it's fundamentally wrong. <laughs> and see, if you talk to someone from the other side of the pond, they would say it was fundamentally wrong. Yeah, on that well, side. that's because their etiquette is all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll just Let's wrap it up there. Thing. Yeah, let this thing. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining us. This was... It was fun. We went all over the place. Yeah, this felt like this felt like beer philosophy. I guess it was, because we were drinking beer. I had, like I had one beer, maybe episode. two, over the last two hours. That's yeah. hardly beer. Oh my god. We need to do this. We need to do this again. Because we all live in Austin. <laughs> can, I get, can I get a hell yeah, gentlemen? Yeah. What? Hell yeah. For bad, bad philosophy is back, baby. Uh, alright, well we, uh, we thank y'all both for, for being here. Uh, I'm so I thought you were gonna say we thank you both for listening. Like to our two listeners. Yeah, it was painful, <laughs> but I'm mad at Yeah. Um, Kevin, uh, you know, we'll see you back really soon. Yeah. Uh, we're for, for the uh, 99th and soon the, the 100th mm-hmm. episode of Bad Philosophy. 
Uh, Eric, I hope we'll see you back soon. Uh, is there any spot where may, we may be able to uh, record Bad Philosophy at NI? At I know NI? It's, it's open like all hours of the oh, day. Oh, right? yeah, definitely yeah. we could record it. Because they encourage people to, to work there overtime quite a bit, right? Not me, no. In fact, <laughs> in fact my uh, department manager will come by and says, what are you doing? And kick me in the face. Mm. Get out of here. And mm. like, but I'm trying to do work for you. It's like, I don't care. No, then you got to ask, well, why are you here? <laughs> yeah. Making sure you leave. Don't ask. <laughs> I can't leave until you do. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to make that happen. Um, it's a cool campus, really cool campus. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, so, so Eric, we haven't asked you this question in a while. Where can people find you on the internet? In the interwebs, if oh, anywhere, man. or are you yeah. still completely inept when it comes to? Uh, I, well, I am completely inept at anything social or okay. technological, even though I'm an engineer. Uh, <laughs> but so right now, you could probably contact me on Facebook. Mm. Um, just uh, type in Eric Butlick if you spell my name right. Or how would it, how would that be? How would how would somebody spell your name right? B e u t l i c h. See, too long, didn't read. Already. He'll put a link to it on the show Uh, notes. I'll link to your Facebook profile. All right. How's that? That'll work. A bunch of random friend requests from from our fans. Excellent. Uh, All right. And then Kevin is at twitter.com slash kevson, K E V S A U N D. uh, Soon to be home of a gripping new drama set in the Star Trek universe. But. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the more I talk about it, the more <laughs> I have to do it. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at uh, twitter.com slash s S-T-O-R-R-E-N-C-E. I'm also on Google Plus. Uh, you can follow me there. It's, uh, I don't exactly know my short code on Google yeah. Plus. But if you search me, you know, Stephen Torrance, my actual name on Google Plus, you'll find. I nominated you for like to be a who to follow on Google Torrents. Oh, Google, okay. Google Torrents. Yeah, that's what we're calling it now. Google Sorry, <laughs> uh, because it looks kind of plus. It's kind of like a yeah, T. You know, so like Let's just Torrance. stop. It's late. I'm tired. <laughs> all right. Well, we thank you all for listening, and uh, we hope you'll you'll be nice to your to your neighbor. Just uh, be cool, everybody. Be cool. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. Bad Philosophy.com. Fuck, I need to drink more often. <laughs> <laughs>